0: I'm a super amateur. I know how that's done.
1: <laughs> All right. We are rolling. Greg just showed me a magic trip from Britain's Got Talent. Um,
0: Yeah, it's a, it, was a, it was a good trick.
1: It's a neat trick. Guy made a flip book on the back of the cards. Mm-hmm. And the bottom card at the end of the flip book was the card that they had picked. And then the key was, how did he make that card at the bottom. Yeah. And Greg was showing me, like, there's ways to, what's it called? What's the moves to put that card at the well, top or bottom?
0: Uh, well, there are two moves that I showed you. One was a pass, and the other is uh, just a, a, a sort of simple transfer. I don't, I don't think there's a name for it. It's just a sweep down. Okay. Um, the, the pass is the one we're at where I had a deck and it was a card in the middle and popped it up to the top. That's a pass. Right.
1: Uh, so it looks like the deck had significantly more than 52 cards in yeah. it it looked like in the first part of the deck, there were cards that were flipped the opposite direction. They were were actually face up instead of face down. And and when you look at the, when you replay it and look at the the card, the top of the cards that you can see just a little bit of, it looks like you can see some red, but the actual place where you're looking, where the flip book is drawn, all you see is the backs of the cards. Mm -hmm. You don't see any face up ones. So I asked Greg, how did he manage to flip past Mm -hmm. Oh, the cards, you said they, they notch out the cards or, yeah, cut uh, a notch. So, you know, is it,
0: way... it a, a, like a millimeter off the top of like the mm-hmm. side of one of the cards? Then you can. It, it actually becomes really easy for you to feel it and just flip through very easily.
1: Okay, so I mean that was interesting, and you actually could see on the camera when he was doing the transfer. Yeah, like the camera didn't. The camera caught it right before it cut back. Cut to the overhead mm-hmm. shot.
0: You had to watch it. You had to, and you had to know what you were looking for. But you can see the uh, the move where he where he put the card to the bottom. But
1: I still think it's you know pretty impressive that he's able to transfer a card at will out of the deck, you know, and not make a mistake, not miss by one, miss by two, because he's doing it by feel. Right. He's,
0: so, it, it, it's a trick to you practice a lot, I'm sure, before mm-hmm. you went on uh, the show. So, yeah. Sure,
1: absolutely. I mean, that's what all magicians do. They practice a lot. It's a... Uh, yeah, I would love to, you know, talk to someone who's decent at card tricks and get a feel for how hard is it to pull a desired card out of the deck when you know the order. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know it's the 23rd card from the top, how hard is it to hit the twenty-third card from the top when It's the Because th-
0: that reminds me of something where um I forget what it was. It was a it was somebody who was talking uh, about a, a different thing, about shuffling, you know, about how they um how they managed to figure out that roughly uh, seven shuffles will, will give you a randomized deck. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason is because people don't pull apart the deck cleanly. They don't pull twenty six and twenty six. But the guy who was running, the guy who was running it was said, so, you know, said so that he, you know, spent some time as a magician, and so he knew very easily how to pull to twenty six, twenty six. So when you do that, mm-hmm. if you can cut him twenty six to twenty six, right? Mean, it's not it, random at all. It goes out the window. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> he, he, it, it comes right back to where it was.
1: As long as you, yeah. As long, I mean, if but if you can pull a. Deck directly in half, you can also make sure that your shuffle is even. You right. know, it's one card, one card, one card, one card. Exactly. Not, is not it, two and one. And...
0: But the point he was saying is that you, you get used to a deck enough and you can pull a, a card 26-26 without mm-hmm. thinking about it. And so he said, you know, if when I do this, I it actually skews the results because if you do it exactly 26, you keep coming back to the same order.
1: Right after two shuffles, yeah. you're in the same place.
0: Absolutely. So, it, it it relies so so the shuffling relies on the fact that people aren't perfect. Right. But but that that's an an example of somebody who's used to playing, doing dealing with cards. You can. I, I'm not there yet. Like I said, I'm a real amateur at this. I just know you know what the tricks are and 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 the basics of how you do them, but. If I were good enough, I could say, yep, yeah, 26. There it is. And if you can do that, I can't imagine it's that hard to right. partition in a similar way.
1: Yeah, I suppose. it wouldn't, be, wouldn't it be great if one of these guys was on TV and they missed? We're off by one, though.
0: Well, they wouldn't show that.
1: Oh, yeah. I wonder how many of those guys are on America's Got Talent. <laughs> like, where they're a good, a good magician. Well, I'll tell you what. But they, you know, they miss by one.
0: If you're going to do a, a, a trick like that, mm-hmm. um, any trick that you're doing, a major trick where you have to amaze the audience, you're going to have about three or four different outs. So I'm guessing he, I don't know what they would have been or what he would have done right. if he would have put up the wrong card. But he would have had an out.
1: You know, the, I was expecting, so he had three judges, he had a judge pick the color, uh-huh. the next judge pick one of the two suits of that color, and the third judge pick the value. And so a lot of the times, magicians will false fail at first, mm-hmm. and then come up with the astounding reveal. I figured his, like, false fail was going to be the other card or something like that. Um... So maybe one of the outs, depending on how, whatever Simon said, was going to be right.
0: The, the other card. The other card, or you know, the
1: other card before the real,
0: you know, something along those lines. There's lots of ways you could do an out there, and I don't know what what he had planned because it worked mm-hmm. for him. But yeah, you could do it because all you really need to do is pull up something from the discussion or related to the discussion to make it seem like you did some sort of magic because as you know and as as I've explained and as you know as I've showed you these things you know the trick is done long before the reveal so you also have your preparations for what what you do if it goes wrong mm-hmm. if you're good that guy's good somebody but like me I don't usually have an out plan when I doing something but if you're doing a performance you have outs you absolutely have outs for all your right. situations so you don't look like a dumbass
1: still there's you know a hundred some
0: you know oh there's a chance you can that, still you can yeah. still totally mess up and, and look yeah. like a dumbass ultimately uh you know but like thinking about like how
1: they judge the you know america's got talent you know a bunch of different disciplines are coming together and competing right and, and the singers always win the singers singers don't magician won a couple of years ago or last year okay i, I think uh a ventriloquist won one year really i think so if i remember right anyway uh you know like but like a magician pulls the wrong card because he's off by one on his transfer mm-hmm. that's gonna look like horrible you're gonna get like buzzed out and not you know where like they're generally pretty hard on jugglers too, right? You drop one pin, you're done. But you know, there's other disciplines where you can make a small mistake and and it's a really small mistake by being off by one. So you know there's Well the... a
0: juggler you're supposed to juggle. A, a magician you're supposed yeah. to you're supposed to nail you're supposed to stick the landing. Yeah. However you get there supposed to stick the landing. Right. So yeah if a juggler doesn't juggle then they're out if a magician doesn't ultimately resolve the card trick then he's out Mm -hmm. if a singer goes off tune on one of the notes it's okay because they sung the rest of the song on to right not fair (laughs) you be very messy with the card with the deck of cards as i've shown you i mean when i did the pass i did it really terribly but uh it doesn't matter as long as you're, um, right? Yeah. As long as you get it done at the end. So Amazon Anonymous, I picked the Shake Away Fox Urine Granules, the five pound version. Fox urine granules. They're critter repellent granules because other uh, creatures oh. will think, "Oh, there's a fox nearby," this is, or "This is a fox's territory." So you use them for your garden. Is up there for? Apparently. Takes advantage of the predator-prey relationship and prey animals' genetically programmed instinct fear. My garden smells like fox piss. <laughs> <clears throat> so I think the co- says the cottontail rabbit is one of the target animals for the for the product. Um, let's see. Here's some reviews because you like the reviews. Most of the negative reviews I have seen on this product are based on not using it properly. Sprinkle it lightly all over twice a week. Warning, the container has huge holes for sprinkling. It's almost impossible not to overuse it if you sprinkle from the container. I put on a pair of disposable latex gloves and sprinkle it manually. Then I take them in my mouth and chew it. <laughs> when the critters are gone, reduce the, to occasional use to keep them from coming back. Uh, I learned on one website they do not like digging, so I tried digging around their tunnels. Did not work alone, but combined digging in active tunnels with fox urine sprinkled all around are did the trick. Um, here's another one. Boom, problem solved. Bye bye, Mr. Squirrel. I have an avocado tree. Huge. Like 40 feet. It produces <laughs> around 1,000 avocados a year. That is not a typo. But do you think I could eat any? No. Because the squirrel population of Southern California, he capitalized squirrel population of Southern California, and then he put in parentheses, they have their own civil rights organization, so he's clever enough to, to <laughs> notice what he was doing. Released a memo to his general membership promoting the free eats in my yard. Every day I'd go into the backyard to see 10 to 15 avocados drop from the tree, each one, each with one bite taken out. One bite! I wouldn't mind it if they took an avocado or two, but they have the nerve to take one bite and leave the rest in the yard. You can't use it after that. You just have to throw it away. Hundreds of wasted avocados, I tell you. One day, I hear thump, thump. Look in the backyard to see the fattest squirrel ever, biting, then dropping the avocados to the ground. I knew I needed to do something. I went out there to challenge him. He looked at me like, what you gonna do? I got my high-intensity water hose and let him have it. Man, he opened his mouth and drank it like it was doing him a favor. Then went further up the tree. Later, he brought his whole family to the tree. I'd throw rocks to shoot them away, but it never lasted too long. By the next day, there were more avocados in the yard. One day, I went outside to see a squirrel gang fight over whose tree it was. Are you kidding me? It's my tree, you squirrel vermin! I immediately ordered a BB gun to shoot them out of the tree, then thought, maybe I should not go shooting what looks like a real gun at the trees in South Central Los Angeles. That probably wouldn't have worked out well for me. So then in desperation, I ordered everything I could to find on the internet, and hot damn found a winner. Shake away! Shook it on Wednesday. Thursday had one partially eaten avocado. Friday had none. Now five days later, no more wasted avocados added my tree. Boom. It works. Now, if I could just find something that works on stray cats. Hmm. Well, I do have my BB gun.
1: <laughs> it's a good review. Yeah, it's better than most. It had a story to it. it
0: a, yeah.
1: <laughs> when it started out, I thought it was going to be like bad. Like, it, like mm-hmm. he actually had almost like a false start. Or like an intentional like bad start on yeah. that, and then like ramped you in. <laughs> Uh, my item is going to be Five Tribes It's a game from Days of Wonder The the, the game company that brings you Small World okay. and, uh, and Ticket to Ride It looks like it is a uh, Middle Eastern game I should have read about it beforehand But uh, I like good games So I saw someone buy this It gets really good reviews it has a 4.5 out of 5 stars Crossing into the lands of a thousand and one nights Your caravan arrives at the fabled Sultanate Of Nakala Okay Uh, Yeah, so Cool Mostly I mentioned it So I can kind of Reinforce that I want to look into it more
0: (laughs) Maybe I won't forget about it If I did that uh, I tweeted to you yesterday that the pumpkin beers are here.
1: Oh, yeah. I saw the pumpkin beers.
0: Pumpkin is in town. Jacko, which is a uh, pumpkin shandy. Oh, boy. That sounds
1: great.
0: Um,
1: the displays at Johnny Gore are just outstanding, aren't they?
0: Yeah.
1: You probably didn't see the tweet that I made on Thursday then. Something along the lines of Came home from my vacation early So I get in line for the pumpkin
0: <laughs> I think I might have seen that I did do a, a tweet uh, Based on The uh, The Who song the, um, Behind Blue Eyes But it was No one knows what it's like To be the Batman To be a madman Behind the cowl <laughs> um. What else? Not really much. There is this whole thing I had about language defining our culture. Okay. Um. So here's here's where this is really interesting to me. What's um? Well, we all know there's a there's a lot of stereotypes that we have around. Uh, particular um, groups of people for example there's a stereotype that Asians are good at math Mm -hmm. and that stereotype exists for a reason we see a lot of that so the question is is there um, something cultural genetic whatever about that okay okay From what I've read and from what I've been able to discern, I believe the answer is actually language. Their language is very orderly and precise. It's very much like simple modular arithmetic. Interesting. It's an easy translation from one to the other. So you'd expect anybody who grew up with with that sort of language as their main language to be pretty good at math. English is a very different language from a lot of these other languages. English has so many so many ways of forming possible sentences. It's very common that the more inventive groups of people on the planet speak English mm-hmm. conceptualization right, right comes from language it, it, it's the it's the base code that we that we begin no with.
1: no i definitely understand i mean it's uh, it makes sense I, I would never consider that i would have guessed that asian culture And education standards put them on the path Mm -hmm. for being better at math. You know, whereas if you had, you know, I guess that could easily be demonstrated where you have maybe something like a first generation immigrant who was born in the United States and goes to school in the United States. There's a little bit of culture left, you know, from the parents, you know, and I mean, if they're speaking their native language in the household, Mm -hmm. and that would kind of be necessary for your argument, right? Someone who that would almost have to be their native language. Yeah. Or at least equal.
0: At least, yeah, language that they speak as well.
1: At least equal uh, to get this benefit. The thing is separating that from home culture might be difficult yeah tiger mom type stuff right you know i mean but i
0: think you can explain a lot of cultural sort of a, a lot of weird cultural significance in certain areas with language that they speak i think that in in the middle east they speak these really ancient languages that are very um very focused on power and on uh and on Fatalistic sort of interpretations, and I think that leads to a more religious interpretation of the world. I think that you that's, have that's interesting. Like, so, oh, very. I mean,
1: so there was just a I'm not going to hijack your topic, I just want to yeah. give a quick aside. There's a recently a Freakonomics episode where they were talking about is it better to live in the eastern end of your time zone or the western end of your time zone? Mm. You yeah, know, there's about an hour. It's worth of either daylight in the morning or daylight at night. At night, and it actually, it's better to live in the eastern end of your time zone. You know, uh, the person, you know, the in, individual earnings is higher. You know, productivity is higher. Something, you know, but it's better to, you know, your circumstance. You know, it's better to live in New York than in, you know, Eastern or Western Ohio, Eastern Indiana type thing. Okay. Uh, the, uh, I wish I had more details here, but you know, it's circumstance, right? And you're talking about the language that you grew up speaking. And so I'm curious, like, like what are the best languages? You know, what are the advantage? Now English has a la- or English has a huge advantage because it's so it's a
0: language of commerce.
1: It's a language of commerce. It's, Geographically, Spanish is probably geographically the most dispersed spoke language. Right. English is second, but because it's a language of commerce and there's an extra like potency to English by population, it's probably Mandarin, maybe Spanish right, yeah. still. Maybe Spanish. I think it's Mandarin. Oh, you think there's more Mandarin speakers I than believe Spanish speakers? I so, yes. But you know, it's like, so what's the Best language, and you would think about the um, the external advantages, the economic type advantages, right? Yeah, I don't but, think
0: there's a best language. There's no. there's a best language for what you're going. Well, right, it,
1: right. Yeah. But how you know, I would have never considered a language structure promoting other behavior. And that's very fascinating yeah. to me. You know, where maybe the language. Structure of uh, Asian languages promotes mathematics, and you mentioned the Middle Eastern is yeah. more religion and I forget what the word. Well,
0: I mean, like and, yeah, religious and, and sort of authoritarian. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the romantic languages, your, your French and your Spanish, tend to be uh, um, a little more philosophical in some senses. The uh, Germanic languages tend to be a little bit more strict these trends go through the um i don't know much about cyrillic so i can't really say much about that but i imagine it plays a role i think these i think languages play a huge a more important part of of how we interpret the world than we ever really consider Um, I did read something,
1: or I guess I heard something recently about alphabet versus like ideographs and things like that. It wasn't really as drawing conclusions quite like what you you know you're talking about, but more so um, in the technology world, you know, an alphabet is a lot better than an, an ideograph type language, and that's part of the reason you know many many Chinese sure they speak Mandarin. But they also speak English, and it, the ones in tech are doing that so they can interact with a computer better.
0: I think it's interesting that we're starting to add ideographs to our language in in the form of oh emojis, emojis, and things like that. Um, yeah, but they're they're not very. Not sophisticated yet. Yeah, they're definitely not
1: sophisticated. I was going to say not expressive, but I mean they are expressive. They're not sophisticated. Yeah, you know the 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 bloody needle. What does that mean? You know,
0: but we we actually do have them already. Sophisticated ideographs in our language, but we consider them punctuation marks, Mm -hmm. right? But they are expressive. They're not part of the language, but they express certain things. Um. I expect that certain, you know, as the language evolves, certain of these things are going to be incorporated. A smiley, I, I see no reason why that won't won't become a part of English lexicon in, or whatever lexicon I'm using in a hundred years or so. Right?
1: It's interesting. The, um... So, so why... Why are emojis... Why were they so popular amongst the Japanese early on? When they already had this expressive language. Um...
0: Because
1: it seems like emojis would be a, a less expressive.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Part of it had to be that they were cute. Yeah. Japanese cultural thing. But they, they catch on here because they're useful. Because they're uh, they're a form of sort of kanji, right? They're, they they have that ideographic yeah. impulse behind them.
1: Except when you look through all of them, you're like,
0: oh, there's not the right one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like,
1: you know, you want like as a couple times I've wanted like a dead. Face or something yeah. like a skull. I want a skull, and the closest thing is the Goofy ghost.
0: Right, but that, that's like you know. I guess when when they when when the Japanese or Chinese or whatever came up with, with with the word for road, they took the word for river and added like a line to it. Okay, you know, so it's like mm-hmm. it's those kind of things. You know, what that's what we will do mm-hmm. is.
1: Yeah, there's been a couple times I've wanted a skull or a skull and crossbones, <laughs> and the closest thing to it's, death. Isn't there a skull now? No, the closest thing to death is a Goofy ghost.
0: Uh, I don't think there's a skull. I thought there might have been.
1: Let's, let's race to our keyboards and see what we can find. Um,
0: there's a baby. Yeah, there's a skull. Show me. Oh, yeah, there is. <laughs> I see it right here. <laughs> I... It's right, right under is an alien, right under a space invader.
1: <laughs> course. And it's
0: right near the smiling poop it is so many emojis so you can combine I'm sure there's there's got to be a crib one right so you can make crib death <laughs> you can make horrible emojis uh, I mean there are weird ones still in here there's like floppy disks
1: and... <laughs> fax machines yeah
0: I'm gonna send Greg a fax machine. Oh, old style movie. old style movie camera. Still, I mean, it makes sense. But <laughs> well, so there is a skull. I have to remember that the next time. I want to indicate <laughs> that I'm dead. CDs, VCR. There's a there's a VCR <laughs> yeah. tape. Yeah, what on earth? Uh, there's an old camcorder.
1: The thing that I found emojis are most useful for is when I'm sending out announcement emails at work. I will find something semi-appropriate and put it at the start of the subject so when they get it in their email, they have a there's a there's a picture in their email subject.
0: Yeah, uh, so they sort of so their eyes are drawn very to. Very good to get their attention, yeah. Yeah.
1: Other than that, I don't use it for anything very productive.
0: No, I I find them useful for sending cute messages, but um other than that, they they, they don't... They're, they're not useful as, as a full language yet.
1: Yeah. now we talked about like some of the tweets or items that we've sent back and forth where you interpreted my tone wrong yeah. and whatnot. And I guess a smiley generally would cover the yeah, smiley this, is, or, this or, or, is lighthearted, but you can get you can actually yeah, express the, the more of tongue out. you can express more of the mood I think with emojis more fine-grained yeah probably than you can with the common emoticons Mm-hmm. so there's something there but I mean there's so many like like how often does the puffin emoji what's the puffin like the the Bird that looks like a penguin?
0: Oh yeah, it's probably very, very few times. How, how
1: often do you need a puffin uh, emoji?
0: I don't know, but you know, you think about all the the kanji there are. How, how often do you need? Yeah, you know, blah blah kanji.
1: But if you pick like the like the two hundred most important things, like is a puffin really one of them? I think there's other birds too, so it's not like it's the only bird.
0: Yeah, but there are a lot of there are a lot of flags. There are a lot of. Uh...
1: There's a flag for most of the common...
0: they are like, <laughs> like 15 different hearts. Um. So, so birds, we have a chicken, we have a chicken... Look at all the foods they have, too. Yeah. I mean, there's an apple, there's a green apple, there's a pear, there's a peach, there's a lemon, there's an orange, there's a red apple, there's sure, a pineapple. Sure, but the, there's seven birds. Look at all the fish they have.
1: Well, oh. that's that's exactly getting into my point. Do I really need to differentiate in an emoji? The difference between a full chicken and a chicken head, a chick, a chicken and egg, a chick out what of the all the various different family pigeon and have? a penguin, yeah.
0: And you can set the skin tone now too. So. Yeah. So I mean, so I mean, yeah. Some of these are going to go away. Some of these are not. But but so these are going to be incorporated one way or another into language.
1: I, I never realized until I started watching at midnight that the eggplant was the, uh, universal signal for Tom.
0: <laughs> I didn't realize that either.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. If you ever want to, like, send someone your dick, send them an eggplant. So what's the one for, for vagina? Um, probably the okay sign. <laughs>
0: Do have, they don't have a clams, They so. don't have a sh- Oh, God,
1: <laughs> what is that? Not is that not acceptable to say anymore?
0: No, I, I just it wasn't. I wasn't thinking along those lines, and and so, um, no, I, I, I'm not.
1: There's a bowl of raymond, Could that be the vagina? No, donut.
0: Donut. There you go.
1: Chocolate donut.
0: I'm not trying to shame you for saying clam I just thought it was <laughs> like wow that, that that was out there um honeypot
1: ooh ooh I think the honeypot's the vagina um
0: I guess you, you could use peach yeah that'd be a good one too
1: I'm sure this is a fascinating conversation for the listeners <laughs> Greg and Jeff diagnose emojis
0: there's a gun one yeah what the fuck is that going to be used for
1: for murdering other emojis
0: <laughs> I always wonder what the 100 one is I use the gun one today come on what is the 100 one for I
1: don't know see I use the gun one today
0: Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, shoot yourself in the head. I never thought of that, but, yeah, that's actually, I can actually see that being useful. Very, he, very useful. he
1: showed me that pumpkin, did you see this tweet? It's very interesting. Pumpkin spice isn't loaded uh, oh. to beers now. You can get pumpkin spice dog treats.
0: And then he said shoot head ghost instead of shoot head death. Skull,
1: yes. Goofy ghost.
0: Yeah. Well, as long as I have my two different horse emojis, I'll be fine. I
1: hope one of them's pissing.
0: That'd be great. Um, no, I don't think so. One's a horse head. So you can <laughs> oh, do it, <a> Godfather. <laughs> nice. Those are bloody sheets. <laughs> if there's bloody sheets, that could be used for periods. <laughs>
1: Did you see last week tonight this week? Yes. The one with we'll the sex ed stuff? Yes. That was that was great where they had uh Jonathan Maggs at the end.
0: Uh huh. Talk about the best callback ever. <laughs> And, of course, who was the funniest person in that? Kamel. Kamel is...
1: Kamel's pretty good, yeah. I think there's a lot of funny in there.
0: There's a lot of funny in there, but it's just... I mean, Kamel is is in that part of his career where he's just on fire. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that's it. I had something else I thought of, but I forget now. Okay. And it's uh, it's getting close to midnight on a Sunday.
1: And remember, if anyone tells you having your period makes you bitter at bowling...
0: they're a fucking idiot how true